What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you have a fire in your gut? Do you? Welcome, folks, to the 252nd podcast in Hogline history. Who drove here? Who drove here? <laughs> Who took the bus? <laughs> took the bus. We're, we're NFL players. We, yeah, we vehicles. Jeez. <laughs> oh, we're here post week three, going into week four, and the Arizona Cardinals just beat which many would consider the top team in the NFL after being 12 and a half point underdogs truly remarkable stuff i mean that and a lot of other things we're going to get to on this podcast how's everyone feeling tonight great great no complaints shref uh no complaints, is trying a new shref is employing a new strategy when it comes to our picks segment at the end of the show so stay tuned for that the guy sucks the guy sucks. whoa <laughs> no, are fighting words but last Don't week I was, <laughs> last week i felt slighted uh this week i'm defeated so we're just we're we're trying i don't know we're we're gonna keep trying there's be on the show every week so i have no choice but to keep trying but it, it, we're gonna keep trying there's nowhere to go but up Let's put it at that. Let's see. However, we'll start as we always do with Eagles rant of the week. Uh, more positive note for Shref as the Eagles took care of business against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first leg of our second Monday night football doubleheader and our last of the season. Uh, 25 to 11. Shref, take us through your mindset throughout the night. Love to. Um, first starters, I don't know if you guys agree. Doing the whole uh, showing the other game while you had the one game on. It's not horrible. Not a fan. This isn't Red Zone. I chose to turn on this channel. If I wanted to watch the other game, I would turn on the other channel. I, don't. I felt the same way. Uh, wait, Shreft, you cut out. Can you hear me? Oh, maybe because I was just talking over you. It, 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 oh. it cut you out. I, I, I will refrain from doing that during this rant, but... I'll just interject real quick that when I was watching the Steelers last week, fought the same thing on Monday night. And especially because I'm at setups right here. I have my other TV right here at the other game on. And like, I don't need this one smaller right in front of me. I have it right here. But aside from that, yes, I, we don't need, need that. Continue. Sorry to interject. They're on, they're on two channels for a reason, but that, I had to get that out of the way. Cause that was annoying me the, pretty much the entire night. Um, 
I would say out of the three games so far, this was the most convincing. Um, the Pats game was kind of close the whole way through. Week one, bad weather, all that fun stuff. The Vikings game ended up like not close on the scoreboard, but if you're watching the game, there was definitely a few plays that could have gone either way, where if they went the other way, we'd be looking at a much closer game. This time, to me, kind of felt like four quarters. It did felt like they were the better team for all four quarters. Um, so that was a good sign. Um, this time, I'm going to start with a negative. Um, and I would say, and I feel like I feel like most Eagles fans at this point can admit this after three weeks, where I think this time around, pretty much all the position groups um, took care of business, did what we kind of expected them to do coming into the year. There was one player that I think we're still waiting to see like where it's like alright we're, we're moving now and that's that would be Jalen Hurts um, it's been a weird three weeks with him because I can't I can't necessarily say that he's played a like a terrible game so far it doesn't feel like he's played a terrible game it feels like every single game he's he's sprinkled in these moments where it's like, oh, that's that's the Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. That's the one we were expecting to see this year. Like, uh, the the touchdown throw to uh, Zacchaeus was maybe one of like his best like three throws he's made like in the NFL so far. Like, guy in his face threw it right over the top in the bucket. Couldn't have been better. But the consistency just hasn't been there. Um, two picks. One was definitely miscommunication with DeAndre Swift. It was it looked like some form of like an option route where Swift or Hertz expected Swift to stop. Swift kept going right to the defender. Second one to me was a clear like trying to do too much. Uh, I believe it was Devontae that was running to the corner of the end zone. There were like two defenders. One was like all over him. One was almost like in front of him. Hertz threw the ball. I don't know why. I don't know what the thought process was there. Picked off. Um, so it's like I don't wanna I don't wanna make it sound like I'm like down on him or like out on him, but the, the consistency's gotta gotta improve. Like I would say even at this point, especially this pat especially this game, Brian Johnson I thought called a pretty good game the whole way through. It seems like he's starting to develop a good understanding of, you know, mixing between the run and the, the pass. Like I thought I thought Hertz had guys open the deep like pretty much throughout the entire night and he was just missing throws uh intermittently throughout it um so i would say out of the entire game that's going to be my one negative um i will highlight some positive uh aj brown back uh had a big game i think 10 catches dropped the one in the end zone very unlike him but besides that found his way open hurts found him most of the night was happy to see that and then i think the main guy I want to talk about is going to be Jalen Carter again. Um, he has, I believe it is 15 uh, pressures so far this year, which ranks second in interior defensive lineman behind, uh, ironically, Mr. J- uh, Javon Hargrave. Um, and then he, I believe six of those QB pressures have come while being double teamed. That ranks second out of all defensive linemen behind Micah Parsons with seven. So, like, the impact has been immediate, and it's, I know we're three weeks in, and it's a long season, but it's already kind of seeming like he might be, like, the best defensive lineman on that team, which is saying, like, an enormous amount, considering the amount of guys and the talent that they have on that defensive line. 
but he's winning so consistently and he's doing it on a snap count that isn't where I think it's going to be by the end of the year. Um, so the sky's the limit for him. We've talked about it since he got drafted to the Eagles where all it's going to come down to is can he keep his head on straight and you know do things right as a professional football player. But, I mean, the, the early returns have been somehow better than we expected and we expect them to be really good. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I wanted to keep it a little shorter just because I, I thought the Jalen Hurts conversation is one that had to be had. But um, still an encouraging win. I thought, like I said, I thought it was the most well-rounded win that they've had so far. Um, Jalen's still inconsistent, more inconsistent than he needs to be. Um, but with the overall Hurts. talent of this team, yes, yes, Hurts. Um, it's just weird because you just talk about Jalen Carter and then... Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, that's a good point. I did, I did kind of forget about that. Yes, Jalen Hurts has been inconsistent. needs to be more consistent. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, like, and we've come back to it with this team, like, they're more often than not going to win in the trenches on both sides of the line. And if you're doing that at a consistent rate, it, it's going to be tough to lose games. And they have the weapons to do it. So I'm hoping in the coming weeks we see Jalen stop forcing stuff so much there, there's so much talent on that offense especially in the running game with swift right now where it's like i as great of like like an exceptional athlete the arm talent is there he doesn't have to force stuff he he can let this offense kind of unfold the way it's supposed to then I, I think if he lets the game come to him a little bit more i think we'll see a much more efficient version of him which is what that's all they need like he doesn't have to play like the I'm trying to think he doesn't have to play like the the Aaron Rodgers style where it feels like he's like having to make these like insane plays to get them on the board. Like they they can work their way up the field as long like it, they can take as long as they need to. They can eat as much clock as they want to. Like it, it's there. So just got to settle down a little bit. But a really convincing win. I was happy. Do you guys know what Jalen Carter's odds are to win Defensive Rookie of the Year currently? I'm I'll guess. They, go ahead. Plus 400. Tref? I'm going to say, I might go lower. I'm going to say 350. Plus 100. Holy crap. He is the favorite by a decent margin. So Who's next? Like Will Christian Anderson? Gonzalez? Or Christian Gonzalez? Maybe? Oh, Christian Gonzalez, maybe. He's been good. Will, Will Anderson is second at plus 550, and Christian Gonzalez is third at plus 800. Okay. So, yes, Carter playing very well to start the season. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. not too much of a surprise because that was never the question with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll start, I'd like to answer questions. Yeah, I'll start with my... I think I only have one question for you, but... And you kind of... T- you touched on it, but... Um, it just... I, just to quantify your level of... I wouldn't say panic, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of disappointment with Jalen Hurts and the inconsistencies and the struggles. Uh, scale from one to ten, how how concerned are you? It's still low. I put it at like a. Mm, I put it at like a four right now. I think. Okay, that's pretty much what I, I expected you to say. Something around there, three to four. Because, like, I, I kind of said it, too. Like, in every game, he's still... He's making these plays and these throws where you're like, yeah, that that's the guy that they paid all the money for. Like, I understand it. I, like... 
Yes. But it it just hasn't been in rhythm. There hasn't been enough rhythm. It's like he'll it's like a it's like a two steps forward, one step back type of deal so far, where you're like, yes. Like even though I remember like that the very first drive, I think he hit AJ twice on the first two throws where it was like quick, efficient, he was open, hit him, found him, good to go. And then as soon as they would they got over the fifty and it like just couldn't just stop making throws, like just missing guys, like quick guys. And it's still early, so I'm not gonna I, I think that's where the four is coming from. I think the only thing that worries me is that I was kind of hoping that with these first opponents where we know what's coming up later in the season, I was hoping these would be the games where we'd see him like kind of light it on fire. Where we'd be like, yeah, like he has what it takes to go up against these like top tier teams. But I'm gonna have to start seeing that more before like the real brunt of this schedule starts. Which still, it, it's they still got like, I forget what this schedule. I know they get Washington now, but they still got like two or three weeks of like not the craziest opponents in the world. I think that Dolphins game is where it like really starts kicking off. I think you have the Rams, the Jets. Commanders twice within the next four yeah. or five games. And then I think uh, it's when Dolphins, Dolphins mentioned. Game. Dolphins is yeah. where it is where it starts to ramp up because that's when the Chiefs game comes. That's when the Bills, Niners, all those. So that's where the fours Cowboys could, would be higher. If we were closer to those games coming up, and it was, and we, and we're still having this conversation, then the the number is going to be higher. That's fair, Jack. You can ask your questions, and I'll I'll share some of my thoughts on the game as well. Uh, it's not a question. I just want to read an exchange between two unnamed unnamed sources pertaining to Jalen Hurts. Um, uh, source one, I'm still not convinced on Jalen Hurts for the, so Wait. far this year. Source two, in response to that claim, uh, what if he wasn't the guy? Still source two, I'm very confident He's definitely a franchise quarterback. He's still in my top five in the league. But he did only have one good season, and then they gave him $250 million. Back to source one. That's what I'm saying. What if he just regressed to 2020 to 2021, Jalen? Um, my, my response to that would be that um, I think I know who source one is because source one um, texted me the same exact question. Um, I... <laughs> Guess who that, two is? <laughs> uh, I I I think I can also guess who source two probably is as well. Um, <laughs> um, source one, um, uh, source one, I think is coping um, for source one's uh, quarterback situation um, because I asked source one uh, which situation he'd rather be in, and he he gave his honest answer. Um, I won't disclose that answer, but he he gave his honest answer. Okay. Um, or but she. with all that being, but but with all that being said, um, it's it's concerning for with the money factor. There's definitely a risk to it, but like it's one of those situations where if the team around him was worse and he had this big contract, I'd be a lot more nervous with his play right now. But I like I really do just trust this team as a whole, and I trust the way that he seems to gel with this team as he did last year. That I I don't think we're close to seeing the finished product of what he's going to look like this year. I'm like I said, we we might fast forward like two or three weeks, and this is the same. It's the same situation. Um, my tone will be much less optimistic than it is right now. 
but like I said, it all comes back to the fact that he's still he's making these throws every game that like remind me of last year. It just hasn't been the same consistency as last year. All it's coming down to right now, consistency. Two things on that before I get to my my thoughts on the game as well. I just got. I just gave you guys a whole spiel before we started recording about we're not a gatekeeping podcast, and then you just reveal two anonymous sources on me. What is this? <laughs> I mean, gatekeeping means we have to remain. We can't. We have to like give full disclosure and everything. Jack's just learning the word gatekeeping. By the way, Hogline Nation. Is that he's, what a, he's a little. He's a little new to this vernacular. Gatekeeping just means I'll look up the technical. We're not allowing Mitchell to be let in on our on what we know. Okay, that's fine, but that's that's journalism. If the source wants to be off the record <laughs> is, or anonymous, then you, you can't I, you can't just put them out there like that. When you that's just bad, that's just one, misreporting. That's bad reporting. Used, when you used Source One, I I realized that that he wanted to remain anonymous, so I so I decided to no, keep him anonymous. I, honestly, I I I said I'm gonna I'm going to leave you anonymous to protect you. Yeah. So, yeah, and I wanted to do wasn't that even as on well. him. I wanted All to right. do that as well. I feel Fair like you, I feel like you right. can probably connect the dots. Yeah, do you also probably can guess. <laughs> I I have I have a few guesses. I'll, I'll there's only uh, there's only so many options. Yeah, <laughs> there's really only one option of who this was. I like I don't. <laughs> anyway, and also what Shreff said about how his tone will change if if this uh, play from Jalen Hurts continues, it'll be more true and authentic to the name of the segment and uh, yes. more of a rant style. So it, it's we'll see how that goes. Because it, I haven't had a re- I haven't had a technical reason to rant because they're winning these games, but they're. Yeah, this all this all originated weird. this all originated in the twenty twenty one season where the first half of it wasn't too kind. So Yeah. I um, like it yeah, I don't know. It I don't know if it'll turn I I think part of the problem is that the expert like the way that they were winning these games last year, it has set the bar like so high for what I expect to see on the field. So I I do think that's definitely playing a, a factor in some of this as well. But I mean, yeah. they still run the ball at will, and Swift has looked oh, good. The I mean, line's yeah. still like creating so many great holes that, like, it's such a. It's just, it's when you can just punish a team like that and run it at will. It's it's going to be yeah. tough to lose games like that. Yeah, that's a good segment. Of what I was going to say. I mean, the time of possession is nearly yeah. thirty nine minutes to twenty one minutes, which was pretty similar to what we saw on uh, week two Thursday night football against Minnesota. Ran for 201 yards. I mean, that's just the true identity of the team. Jack mentioned just absolute elite offensive line play. There was definitely a concerted effort to get A.J. Brown the ball, I thought. Um, and I feel like this is could be, may or may not be directly related to the the little blow-up conversation we saw on I Thursday. But... Make of it. I still don't know what to make of it because then he was like, he was like, we weren't even arguing about like targets, and I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel true. <laughs> it feels like, you, like I don't know what, else, like what else would you be arguing about? <laughs> That's why I was uh, very adamant. I don't think I went public with this, but I was very big on AJ Brown's prop bets for this this past week. I'm like, they're oh, definitely yeah. gonna, they're definitely gonna target him a lot. So, uh, and I don't know. Going back to one of the first things you said, Shreff, you said that they kind of played dominating style for all four quarters. I mean, it was three, three with like a few minutes left until halftime. It, it was, it was, it certainly was. But to me, the way, like, I mean, looking back on it, um, 
it felt like the Eagles were moving the ball. I'd, I'd have to look, go back and look at the stats, but I'm pretty sure they got into the red zone twice in either the first quarter or the first half in total and ended up with three points out of that entire ordeal, if I'm not mistaken, because they went for it on fourth on the first drive after driving down the field on them. Um, got three out of it after driving down the field on them. With the Bucks, it felt like it was much more choppy in terms of how they were getting down the field. It was either big chunk plays or they were getting blown up behind the line of scrimmage. On they were doing that, the they were running the ball, and I, I think the I think Bowles talked about it after the one quarter. They were I don't know why they were doing it. They were running the ball a lot on like first and tens, and clearly from the start of the game it wasn't working. So then all of a sudden you're in second and longs, and then you're forcing stuff. And it did. I don't know the the game plan for the Bucks confused me for a large portion of the night. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said. Eagles ran of the week, but at the end of the day, they're three and zero. So, yeah, I can only I can only say so much until they start losing games. I almost I, I don't want them to lose a game, but like I want to rant. I want to I want to get like I want to get pumped up over something. Like they're they've they've just kind of been like, yeah, we're winning games, but I want to get pumped up. I want to be pumped. I mean, it's it's good to um to lose some games. You need you know it. I you need some scar you, tissue. Yeah, you need you need to maintain that edge. Mm-hmm. All right, we will move on here to Steelers' rant of the week. Uh, Jack, would you like to go first or second? Um, I usually like to go second. Uh, yeah, could you go first? Sure. I mean, overall, it was a it was a great win. We were down seven nothing to start, and we I think we scored what twenty three unanswered. At one point, yep. Four sacks, three interceptions. That's pretty much the defensive performance. I hope we can grow accustomed to for the rest of the way throughout the season. I mean, it just seems like every week the defense is just coming up with new ways to impress us and keep us in games, which is the backbone of the team. So I love that. And I mean, what everyone is probably focused on is the offense, but I feel like there were marginal improvements. Um, this was Kenny's first multi-passing touchdown performance in his 15 starts, which seems kind of bad if you, if you look at it like that, but Trevor Lawrence, do you guys know how many multi-touchdown performances he had in his first 16 starts? One. Probably one. Yeah, just, just one. Oh, there you go. And, you know, I, so I, I do think that there's going to be more of these to come this season. and. You know, it, it, again, it, it's not ideal. You don't want only one, two, t- two plus touchdown passing performances and pretty much a full season of games, but it'll come. I, I do think it will. I do like how Calvin Austin's starting to get some deep targets. Obviously, he had that long touchdown that put us on the board. Great throw by Kenny Pickett. Um, perfectly placed. Wasn't behind him at all or too far. Just like just right in the in the breadbasket. He was getting pressure in his face too, and he took a big hit, which you know, sometimes Kenny abandons a pocket, which he could definitely step up into and manipulate a little bit, and he kind of bails too early, but other times he's very good at just kind of eating the hits. Um, so a little inconsistency, but in that in that particular play, he did really well and delivered a strike. Um, and I, I definitely feel like we need to incorporate a couple of those deep throws to Austin and 
maybe even like Pickens too at certain points as well. I think that needs to be a staple. I mean, you don't want to utilize that too much, but I think Calvin Austin's proving that he can definitely take that deep threat role and run with it. And for as much criticism as Matt Canada has received, which is still warranted in a lot of ways, I want to make that clear. I think he did call a better game on Sunday. There were definitely still some shortcomings, like how he... I think the main thing I could say is that his run, like his running ideology is so not creative at all. And it just really doesn't set Naj, particular Najee up for success in the slightest. So I think that's my biggest gripe with him. But overall, I like how we utilize play action a little bit more. Uh, got Kenny rolling out a little bit more, particularly that one kind of towards the end. It was pretty much the end of the game to ice. I don't think it completely iced the game where we were in victory formation, but it got us. Yeah, it left the Raiders like 10 seconds left. Right. So it essentially did. Got us the first down on a throw to Allen Robinson. Kenny rolled out. I thought that was a a nice play call there. So he definitely had some good situational improvements in terms of his play calling. Um, So I think that's all all we could really expect at this point. We can't expect him to just flip a switch and just become Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan overnight. But if he can just slightly improve every week, I think that's more realistic, and hopefully that improves. So, great win on the road. It was a game I was nervous for, for sure. I mentioned last week how I thought it was um, we were in a bad spot coming off a short week, going across country, and uh, playing a team that isn't great on paper, but can be frisky at times and can give some teams trouble any given week. But we pulled it out, and... Um, on to next week, you know, two and one. We're rolling at this point. So, Jack, what do you have to add? Um, it kind of sucks, that, like, with the whole plane situation of Steelers getting home. Like, we're almost kind of on a short week this week. They didn't get home and to back to Pittsburgh till like, it's not a true short week, but, like, 4 p.m. Yeah, Monday afternoon. Monday. So that was, like, 12 hours off schedule. I watched an interview with Kenny today. Like he said, he just got home and they just like, he just like this slept. Um, but I mean, I don't expect that to be an issue. And uh, funny you brought up McDaniel and like the Dolphins offense comparing it to ours. And I had this thought. The, the, by the way, those two things should never be in the same sentence. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike McDaniel and Matt Canada, unless you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Uh, complete polar opposites, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I uh, like our off. I think I text. Yeah, we were texting after the game. I think we don't utilize middle of the field like hardly ever. And I'm looking at Kenny's passing chart on Sunday for Sunday night, and I mean, there are like four attempts that are in the middle of the, excluding the touchdown, the big the the, the big play. There's like four times in the middle of the field, and everything is literally outside the numbers, like two numbers outside or behind the line of scrimmage. And you, it's someone on Twitter, some random guy, Aaron with Han, uh, compared them, Kenny's to Tua's, which is exactly what I wanted. And Tua's passing turn on Sunday is like exclusively over the middle. Like those are the throws that set your quarter, quarterback up for success. They're easier to hit instead of going. I mean, air, if you look at like air yards per attempt, like Kenny's, is, I'm, I imagine, is not great because a lot of his attempts are going horizontal and not vertical down the field. 
Uh, like true air yards is probably like the same as quarterback. Yeah, I was gonna going to say he's actually covering the same distance. Probably true air yards. Yes, but what shows him on stat sheet like air yards from the line of scrimmage to um like where the play yeah. ends. It's um it's probably not great. And like that, I I don't get why. And it's not the last game. It's the first two weeks. I'm sure. Like why don't we use it middle of the field more? Like it's it can't just be the defenses we're going against. Um. Like it has to be more creative, and um, Mitchell's. I agree with Mitchell said Matt, Matt Canada and the the scheme. It looked better Sunday night. Granted, this Raider defense is not impressive, so that definitely uh, helped that helped that cause. Uh, but I'm glad the offense got rolling. We really needed it. Um, I guess that's okay. Two two more things that came to mind. Um, the whole Najee's getting a lot of slander for not being fast, which is, I mean, he's not a speed back. It's very true. And of course I'd like him to be faster. Um, but when he isn't getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, like if you allow a big back like that to pick up speed, they're hard to bring down. Like he's the same thing as Derek Henry this past Sunday. The Titans O-line stinks. He was getting no room to run, only ended with 20 yards. Big backs like that can survive in the league. Obviously, Derrick Henry, literally like an MVP candidate in like two years ago, three years ago. Um, that type of running back can survive, but not in this, like, I guess you can say offensive scheme, uh, offensive line that's subpar right now. Um, he's not going to get going, and you can just look out Jalen Warren is fantastic. Like he's, you can look at there. I'm sure he, I think on the year, honestly, their yards per carry are the same. Even though it, it feels like every time Jalen Warren gets the ball, he like gains like nine yards, which is awesome. Um, but he's shiftier. He can make a guy miss. He's a lot smaller. He's like five, eight, very quick. Um, and also when he's in on passing downs, uh, Teams expect us to pass, and if we either do a dump screen to him or handoff, um, there's defenses off. So when Najee's in, line him in the backfield, like they know we're running the ball, and it's when we're under center, we're running the ball pretty much all the time. So it's very predictable. That's what I would attribute to Najee's lack of production, I guess you could say, in the first three weeks. Um, one more gripe I have. Joey Porter Jr. has got to get more snaps. For three weeks, he has 48 snaps. He had seven in week one, 14 in week two, 27 last on Sunday. Um, of those 48 snaps, he's only been targeted five times, allowed one catch of 12 yards to Devontae Adams. Like it's it's really frustrating. Like it's it's kind of Tomlin's philosophy of like not throwing our rookies into the fire. We right away we saw with Kenny last year, I guess, but um, that lasted about four weeks. We still haven't seen our first round pick that we traded up for in Broderick Jones on a struggling offensive line. Like I I don't know what he's waiting for. Um, I guess loyalty to Dan Moore. I I don't I don't really know. Both our tackles aren't doing great. Dan Moore and Chuka core for. I'd say. You put Broderick Jones into the left tackle spot. That's where he's best, or he's shown he's best in college. And have an open competition to the right tackle spot with Dan Moore in a core four, whoever does better. Like, the offensive line needs to improve. 
Uh, I think Kenny ranks 22nd in pocket time. Um, so, and the running game isn't great either. So, uh, offensive line needs to improve, and we got just got to get rookies in the field like Jones, JPJ, which I don't like our corners right now. They're not doing great. Peterson and Levi Wallace, and our other rookie Keanu Benton. He's getting increased playing time because Cam Hayward's out. And I don't know if you noticed, Ref Mitchell, I'm sure you saw and noticed that Keanu Benton had an insane, like a very impressive swim move. He was, he was one of my guys coming out. I, I love right, him. Right, you did like him coming out. Uh, and Sunday night, he had a, a very impressive swim move and got right to Jimmy Jeans, sacked him before he could even drop back. Like rookies don't make those type of plays. Like he showed he's, he's got to get increased snaps being every down uh, defensive tackle. Um, or most downs. So that's my gripe, I guess. Get our rookies on the field. Just throw them in. Like it's right right now. It's like like we're just. It's as if like we didn't pick in the first round right now. Like we're just not. Like our first round pick isn't playing. It's like it's almost like he's not on the team. Yeah. I I know. I I maybe I'm just impatient. Like it, we should be in this for the long haul. Hopefully, this is best for his career that he gains his experience. I. And I, I do think there's some validity to that. And I, I really shouldn't question the Steelers' philosophy too much because we're a great drafting team and developing talent all across the board in all position, many positions. Um, so I get it. But it's just really frustrating to see behind a struggling offensive line. Like, if the offensive line was good or, like, even average and Dan Moore is doing okay, like, average to maybe a little better, like, I wouldn't be complaining. But these are positions groups that are struggling in that and the corner position that I, I, I feel like it's time. Well, so a quite like, I, I just kind of came up, I thought of this on the fly kind of, and it's something that just like kind of hit me, but I think it's a interesting question. Do you think like when it comes to the Steelers, like it hasn't happened all that often because they're generally like competitive, but it, like at least the, like this year, like going into the season, no one predicted the Steelers to like go to the Super Bowl or like an AFC championship, anything like that. Do you think sometimes like the pedigree of like Tomlin and like just how good of a coach he is can sometimes like get in the way of like getting like those rookie snaps where, because like you said, like, cause like right now, like the main guy that I think of is like a Patrick Peterson getting, getting a lot of like to, to the naked eye, it feels like Patrick Peterson hasn't, performed great i agree would that be so like i guess do you think sometimes like this this culture that mike tomlin has and it's a one of the probably the best culture that has been set like in a, in a football locker room out of the nfl do you think sometimes that can get in the way of like the true expectations of a team where it's like like you said like i want to see these younger guys get in and like especially like a broderick jones where like if you're expecting him to be kenny's like left tackle of the future it feels like unless you have a guy that's sitting there that like we know we can get to like an AFC championship, a Super Bowl with but we need this guy at left tackle. Like that's not the case. So in some of these situations, yeah. do you wish they were a bit more like lenient with that, I guess? You kinda said yes, but like especially this. I I feel like well, putting it that way, ultimately no. Like I, I, I do have like blind faith in Tomlin and like what yeah. he's do- doing. He's proved that like he knows what he's doing like if i could see it like to your point like if this was a 
a coach that didn't have the reputation that Tomlin does, a young player like Broderick Jones would feel very slighted and mm-hmm. like not content with you guys trade up for me on my first round pick. I got to get in there. But I, I feel like Tomlin's such a player's coach. And as I said, so reputable that I, I get, a, I have a feeling a lot of players like trust the process with him more. Um, and especially with the Pat Peterson thing, like he's one of, I don't, can you call him an all time great? Whatever. Like one of the best in the past decade, like yeah. Hall of oh, Famer, yeah. my first ballot Hall of Famer, um, or close to it. Uh, like that whole thing with Joey, like, I mean, it would make perfect sense. Like he, he's, he's old. He's 33. I think he's, he's not the lockdown corner. Like he doesn't have the speed to keep up with these receivers. It makes perfect sense to slide him over to like a nickel, like uh, a guy that's like in the slot or like roaming a little bit and doesn't have to like lock a guy up one for one. Uh, like a Joey Porter Jr., a guy who's a top NFL recruit or talent or yeah, recruit, sorry, and is young and quick. Like he's the guy that should be on the outside guarding guys like not Peterson. And P- I love the over the summer. I I love. I did really like the move. Like I, I oh, it, it's a great guy to have. It just it it yeah, feels like, like he should he, be more of a locker room guy than a exactly like I and I guy. I loved seeing the clips and it's exactly like Tomlin's vision. I'm sure bringing Joe, Pat Pete in like yeah. the clips of him staying after practice with Joey Porter Jr. and teaching him things like he. This is one of like the greats of the past decade, and like. Joey Porter Jr. like can physically do the things that Pat Pete is teaching him to do, but Pat Pete can't do it physically anymore. So it's just like the tra- the transfer of wisdom. It's it was it was a really good move to bring him in, um, but yeah, not as a lockdown corner on the outside. Like, and he could still be effective. Like he's had he had a pick on the other night. I mean, it was a great it wasn't a great throw, but he has some pass breakups. Like he's not completely awful. But he's gonna get burnt at his age. He's gonna get burnt by Devonta Adams, Ayuk, whoever else he's played, um, Mark Cooper. Cooper, maybe. So, uh, I think that's all I got. Probably went. I went pretty long on all that. Uh, yeah, fun. But yeah, two things to add before we move on to our next segments. Uh, I wanted to definitely give his him his flowers, but Jalen Warren has been really good in pass protection. That, that throw mm-hmm. to Calvin Austin on the touchdown, block was I'd awesome. say most likely would not have happened if Jalen Warren wasn't as effective as blocker. I think it was on Rob Spillane. Was that right, Jack? Was it? No, it was Crosby. Oh, it was Max it Crosby. Crosby. He, it was I Max mean, Crosby. He came, it around was Crosby yes. he came around to the A gap and um, looped around and went right in there. And Jalen, who's... Met him. What, eight <laughs> inches shorter and probably like... 70 pounds lighter or something yeah. like that did a fantastic job on him. And that, that was really, job. Re- really cool to see. So hats off to Jalen Warren on that front. And kind of going back to what Jack said, do you guys want to know what Kenny Pickett's yards per attempt is and what Tua's yards per attempt is? I looked it up. Is Kenny's like 5.7. And Tua, Tua like, oh, sorry. Do you have a guess for Kenny? I'd say it might be a little higher. I'm going to say like... Mm, I'll give him like six and a half. 6.6. Yeah. Which is... is to, to a like eight. It was probably like... Maybe he might be closer to like, like 10 almost. 
Shreff, you're dead on. 10.1. Tua's first in the league. Tua's first in the league by two yards. Brock Purdy is second at 8.1. Then two is I, I was trying to think about 10. it. 1. I remember those those numbers always end up being like very close together, even though it feels like they're all over the place with like how wildly different it looks. Right. All right, we're going to move on to our uh, revolving segment here. Uh, Can I comment right. one real quick thing on Tua? Sure. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14. 14 of his 23 completions were five yards from the line of scrimmage or closer. Oh, yeah. So, me. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to slant, like, disparage Tua. He's, he's been great this year. But, like, he's throwing the guys that are taking it to the house. <laughs> like, it's... It, the, I'm sure the speed they have, their yak is insane. Um, so that's a... I feel like the air yak. yards can be pretty the misleading. Yak. Or yards... Is it yard... Oh, sorry. Is this yards per attempt or air yards? Yards per attempt. Yards per attempt. Yeah, yards so, per attempt is misleading, yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, yeah, the Dolphins have the six fastest uh, ball carriers of the season, and Jalen Waddle is none of the six, so that's just... <laughs> always proves how, It's always good. Yeah. Yeah, I could talk about them for years. Like, you can't... Like you can't run man against them, and you can't run zone against them. Like you, if you run zone, they're gonna find they're gonna find spaces because Mike McDaniel's a genius at getting those guys to the spots they need to be. And then if you run man, like you need, you better have two corners that can cover Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Like I don't like what do you do? No, you do. I, I saw a tweet that said Mike McDaniel just sits in his office, vapes, and comes up with fire plays. It's all he does. It's literally all he does. <laughs> Um, but anyway, our third segment, this is a good transition because the Dolphins are uh, involved in this first one here. But the segment here is true or false. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are not a gatekeeping podcast. And although I did come up with this idea without knowledge that they were going to be doing it on the podcast, but Jack's other podcast, I've said podcast a billion times, Dunn and Drew had this uh, segment, true or false. So it was very good. Um, so please check that out if you feel so inclined. Um, but anyway, I'm going to be saying a statement that I came up with, and Jack and Treff are going to say if true if they believe it'll happen, false if they think it won't, and we'll have some brief discussion along the way as well. Our first statement or claim or, or whatever you want to call it is uh, if Tua plays 16 plus games, he'll win MVP. True or false? True. I'm going to say true, too. I think that's true. Yeah, I just feel like if he's healthy, I really don't see this production really declining very much. And although Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, I feel like they'd give it to Tua based, largely based on narrative. He has the numbers to back it up, of course, but um, it would be a good story. And MVP definitely has that twinge of what would make a good story here. Yeah, the only, like right now for me, the only other guy off the top of my head, and he wasn't like he wasn't good week one, so that kind of hurts him. But like Josh Allen, the last two weeks is the one guy that's kind of been I've been eyeing. Like he's been playing unreal. Like I don't, it's too, like and like you said, like the that offense is so good. Like if he plays the whole season, that's the only he went into the season saying that like that's kind of the only thing that's stopping him, and it, it, he plays sixteen or more. Yeah, he's. 
He's currently on a 17-game pace of 5,800 yards, 45 touchdowns, okay. yeah, pass so a rating of 122. Okay, yeah, so he, yeah, so if he plays the whole season, he's, yeah, true, very true. Nothing's been more true ever. I mean, hey, Kirk Cousins is probably on pace for better, but yeah, I guess that's true. But they're, yeah, they're they're not yeah, quite uh, a, little di- games. a little different there. <laughs> you guys are just on on point with these transitions because Kirk Cousins slightly oh. has to do with my next one as well. No. Okay, go for it. All right, statement number two. Come week eight, after the Jets' bye week, Zach Wilson will still be the Jets' starting quarterback. False. No. False. You can't. They, like, it would be, like, malpractice to continue to start him if this is the way this is going. Like, I understand, like, it, I think there's been reports on it already. Like, there's clearly a rift at this point, even between, yeah. like, coaching staffs and like the fact like i it seems like the players are shocked that they are continuing to let this man start <laughs> like they like it seems like they can't believe it so like i i feel like i cannot see a way in which unless he like he would literally have to go out and throw for like he'd have to like not throw an incomplete pass for me to think like i don't, I don't know like he he's not good he's just not good he cannot you start. guys you guys see the quote from Willie Gay Jr. Yes. today, chief linebacker. He said, "Yeah, like they asked him, reporters asked him, like, what are you seeing from Zach Wilson?" He like laughed <laughs> and said, "Like they're a team, they want to run the ball." Yeah, they want to run the ball. This is very, very true. And it is funny because he was even saying that, like, he was like, "It's," he was like, "Yeah, they have good backs. Like they've been running it really well. It's like they haven't been running it very well because they haven't. No, well, because the defenses know that." They can't throw the ball, so they're just going to stack yeah, the box. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the it's Jets. Not good. Uh, it's not good. The Jets, of course, as we as we just prefaced, play the Chiefs. So certainly, I feel really uh, bad for Jets fans. I feel really bad for Jets fans. Yeah, the offense. The offense averages twelve points per game. Like it is. It is the. It is now. It is the same exact team as last season. Like it. Yep. The same exact team. They are playing the same exact games. Statement number three. One of the Bengals or Jaguars will miss the playoffs. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to say false. Still, still a lot of games left to be played. I know two have, both of them haven't looked great, but... Bengals were 0-2 last year. Yeah. I'm gonna say and the Jags were two and six last year. They were. So I'm I'm I am gonna say false, but this is like we we could come back and talk about this next week and I might say true depending on what happens. The, yeah. the Jags the Jags are worrying me a bit more than the Bengals are at the moment. Yeah, Jags right. got a tough schedule ahead of them. Like they got the even though their division's easy. Bill Bills in London in two, in two weeks, next week, I guess. You have the Niners still. They host the Bengals, I think. The Ravens, they got the Steel. They got the whole North. Yeah, so it, it is a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. Their division. And but even but even then, like outside of the division, like the all, like I know like the the Titans didn't look too good against the uh, Browns, but it seems like it's three teams that like could beat them any week. Yeah, oh, certainly. Yeah, it, it is that division is also kind of weird with them. Like the, the Texans always beat the Jags for some reason, and then like 
the Titans have kind of owned the Jags the past Colts. couple years. The but the, the, the Jags own the Colts. Like Jags always beat the Colts, yes, especially at home. So the Titans own them too. You, I feel like you could chalk that up a little bit of like a weird division history type thing on Sunday, but they have some things to fix for sure. Like they don't look great right now. Statement number four. The Arizona Cardinals will be three and zero right now if Kyler Murray never tore his ACL. False. I don't know. It's not a bad statement, but I think false. They lost the Commanders twenty to sixteen, and they lost the Giants thirty-one to twenty-eight. I don't think they lost those games because of bad quarterback play. I, I was Josh Dobbs has been Dobbs has been like, solid. Josh Dobbs has been like a top half of the league quarterback so far. So like I don't unless you think Kyler's like a top five quarterback. Yeah, like a top ten quarterback, which I still wouldn't don't know if I'd say that he is. The question was undefeated, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like maybe they get another win, but I I don't think they're undefeated. Okay. Fair enough. I think I disagree. This is assuming he never tore his ACL and that he doesn't have that limitations. Right. So I just I I don't think uh, losing like I mean the first game was one thing, but like that Giants game, like I mean, defense let up however many points in the second half. I know That's the true. offense kind of sputtered out a little too, but it did. I don't know if Kyler Hobbs hasn't played bad enough for me to say that Kyler being there would change everything. Shout out to Josh Dobbs, man. Shout out to Josh Dobbs. They gave him the hat. They they gave him the biggest hat, and he his QBR is pretty good. Like, Getting better like watching every him week. play. Like watching him play has been like fun. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's like fun watching him play. He's like running over dudes. Throwing dots, 80, throwing a QBR of 84 out of 100 on Sunday, and I think 76 in week two. In the job. All right. There you go, Josh Dobbs. Acquired in just about a month ago, too. So came came into the system pretty much right before the yeah. system, uh, season started. Give him a hat. All right, our final statement. Uh, Puka Nakua will break Jalen Waddle's re- rookie reception record of 104. Currently, he has 30, and he would need to average 5.3 catches per game for the rest of the season. What's the record? 104. He currently has 30. He said five and a half a game. It's weird because this question doesn't even like revolve around Puka at all. It revolves around if Cooper Cup's playing or not. I'm gonna I'm say gonna s- I'm gonna say true because I don't I I'm still hesitant to think that Cooper Cup's gonna play many games this season. I'm saying false because I do think he'll be back, and I feel like they're a very similar receiver. I'm I'm interested to see how they're gonna complement each other. So. Yeah, I I feel like I mean Cooper Cup obviously will eat into it. On the field, Cooper Cup will eat into his targets regardless, but particularly his, him. Like I, I don't know how that's it'll. I, I I do think it'll work, but I don't know. It's not. I don't see it right now. Working that he'll get like a ton of receptions with Cup back, and even even if Cup doesn't come back, like he's gonna slow down. Like like if they, if, we, if Cup was out for the game, Cup. 
if Cup was out for the year, like I would probably say true. I'm just still hesitant on that because like I don't know. Like he, he's going to regress to the mean or to reality normal normalcy regardless of Cup or not. Yeah, but like and normalcy guess, can like that could still be a 100 yard season like as a rookie that's insane. So just McVay. And I'm also I'm on the side that like uh, the Cooper Cup situation I'm wary about just because like that, he went that's fair he saw like that other specialist and then I feel like he didn't really put out news after that besides just the fact that he's on the IR which makes me that doesn't feel like a no news is good news situation which True. sucks because I love Cooper Cup and he's a fantastic I would love to see him back on the field yeah. he's a fun player to watch but it just it it feels weird, especially with how many of these hamstring issues that he's had over the years. It, I'm a little curious about it. In a game that Matthew Stafford was pressured on 28% of his dropbacks and sacked six times, Fuga still had five catches for 70-something yards, I think. Or six catches for 70-something yards. So Rams really just have that philosophy of we're just going to Hyper target one guy, just throwing the ball out over and over and over and over again. So it's it's somewhat worked. It has somewhat yeah. worked. Hey, you still have to, even though you know he's getting force fed targets. Targets are earned, and mm-hmm. you still have to do something. Be open to get, it, so got to be open to catch it. Yeah. True. True. All right, that is true or false. Uh, we're going to move on here to our picks. Trev, would you like to reveal? Would you like to reveal your strategy? I don't know. If, did we say that in the beginning of the show? I don't. Uh, I don't know if I fully said it, but I um, have not looked at the lines until right this second. And then Jack told me that that is exactly what he does, um, and it immediately made me feel worse about myself. So things are going really well. Let's recap how we did last week. We don't have to. Uh, no, we have to. Sorry, it's in the contract. Mm-hmm. I did not have that great a week. I was previously five and one. I went one and two. I picked the Tennessee Titans to cover three and a half. They lost by a lot more than that. I picked the Texans plus eight and a half, and they won outright. So that was a big game, big good call by me. However, I had the uh, Chiefs and Bears under 45 and a half, which looked pretty good, but then the Bears scored, scored a very, very garbage time touchdown at the end and brought that total up to, I believe, 51. So just missed the mark on that one. Jack went two and one. So another solid week for him. This is an interesting note. I don't know if you guys realize this. Jack has gone six and oh in the spreads, but oh and three in the totals. Interesting. interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, he correctly picked the Dolphins minus six and a half, which if he <laughs> alters it, that. that was a real sweat. <laughs> You should have you should have altered it to uh, Miami minus forty nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is that is crazy. Uh, San Francisco minus ten and a half. They pretty easily covered that one. I believe they won by eighteen on Thursday night football. And then the Falcons Lions over forty six and a half wasn't really that close. What was it? Was there only twenty six points scored in that game? Am I remembering that correctly? Twenty to six. I think it was twenty three six. I think that's sounds. Twenty, that I have 20, to, 20 to six. Twenty okay. to six. There 20. you go. So yeah, that total wasn't very close. 
And Mr. Shreff, uh, <laughs> Packer, Packers minus two. They win by one. Uh, Atlanta plus three and a half. Kept it close for a while. Detroit pulled know. away. And then Eagles, Bucks over 46. Didn't really look too promising, really, at any point nope. in the game. Nope. And uh, nope. Shreff drops to one and eight on the season, going <laughs> 0 and three in week three. So it's it's it, it's just as impressive as eight and one. <laughs> it's yeah, not. that's what I said. It's if, so much less impressive. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's it's sad, but at a certain point, if you ultimately went, we pick three games a week for eighteen weeks. That's fifty four games. If you went like five and forty nine, yeah. that w- I think that would be as impressive as going forty nine and five. I think so too. Like I, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to promise you that I'd like ever show my face in public ever again, but it would be an accomplishment. <laughs> you would have to just lean into it and be the fade guy and try to capitalize off that. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I have the. I, don't know. I have no. I have no self worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At, at what cost, you know? At what cost? I know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Shreff's looking at the lines for the first time. So is Jack. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what I'm looking at. I'm gonna. You know, but as the sole as the sole person who's actually looked at these lines so far, and uh, I'm still in first because I said that until Jack or Shreff overtake me, um, I will still be continuing to hold this lead. So Jack and I are six and three each. I'll be going first. And my first pick is the Baltimore Ravens plus two and a half against the Cleveland Browns. Is that the one that caught your eye? Yeah, of course it was. Bad news for you, Mitchell. But the, the only win I know the no the only win I have this year is the Ravens. Okay. Um, anyway, my reasoning behind that uh, since 2008, which is Harbaugh's tenure as the Ravens head coach. The Ravens are 54, 33, and 2 against the spread as an underdog. And that is second best in that span in the league. Also, a little bit more of a recent trend since 2019, which is pretty much Lamar's tenure as a starter. Uh, Baltimore is 15, 3, and 2 as an underdog against the spread. And that's first in the league in that span. All that aside, just my eyeballs, I still think that the Ravens are a better team. Slightly. Cleveland's definitely exceeded my expectations thus far, and their defense looks really good. I know the Ravens had a slightly embarrassing loss last week at home to the Colts, but I still think the Ravens are better, and I know this game's in Cleveland, but I, I, just, I feel like that number just doesn't look right to me, and I, I seeing the plus next to the Ravens logo um, just felt a little weird to me. So I feel pretty confident the Ravens are going to win this game. So I like them at plus two and a half. I really like that. That was the first one that caught my eye, especially coming off a like a weird loss too. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be sticking around throughout the year. I think this. Is a, I think it's a good bounce back game. Now, obviously, take my opinions with a grain of salt, but that's that's how I felt. Yeah, and uh, you know, Cleveland coming off a big win, so I like the spot for uh, Baltimore. And what else was I going to say? I think I looked up. I think the public is not overwhelmingly on the Browns, but slightly on the Browns. So I think that is a a good sign. I, I also read that there were a lot of public-backed teams in week three that hit. So I don't think it was a very good week for the books. 
and I think they're gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna make it back this week. So I'm like I'm Please looking do. to fade I'm looking to fade the public this week as well. I think it's a, definitely a good spot to do that. So Baltimore plus two and a half, and I'm confident about it. Jack, you're up. Uh, I'm gonna go with the spread, and I am taking the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> she's minus nine and a half reason reasoning we talked about it earlier the jets suck yeah, uh, I, there's no other really explanation the chiefs are really good the jets are really bad and america's all gonna see it together uh on sunday night football taylor swift is reported to all to be in attendance again this week Gonna bring more good karma to uh, this Chiefs fairy tale ride, and that's just the spread I like the most. Like it should be, it should be more. It was, should that, be more. was that a Taylor Swift pun? Today was a fairy tale. It's a Taylor Swift song. I don't know if you that was intentional or yeah. not. Uh, it was not intentional. No. Huh. Interesting. Is Jack a Swifty? People are asking. That's what that's what they're that's what Hogland Nation wants to know. I mean, I like her, but like, no, I'm not. I don't want to. I want to claim to be. I don't know. I feel like there's some needs to be like an initiate. Like I, I'm not. I'm not good enough for that. Like I don't know. Okay, we we like an honest man. Uh, Shreff. Yeah. Now that your first two picks have gone, which <laughs> that really maybe stinks. that's a, maybe that's a bad sign that we're all going to go zero and three this week. But Treff, uh, what are you? You have two picks here. Look on the bright side. Yeah, I know. So. It, that it's almost even worse because I'm. Your face when Jack said Chiefs minus nine and a half. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was absolute despair. Um, I'm just gonna do this one because, like. If I lose on this spread, then I'll uh, like it. It's just it'll be okay. Like I, the Dolphins are plus three against any team. I'm gonna take the Dolphins plus three right now. So Dolphins plus three and Buffalo. Um, if I'm gonna lose on Buffalo being like being given, or if I'm gonna lose on Miami being given points right now, then whatever. Like that. That's just the way it's gonna be. The offense looks absolutely unstoppable right now. Um, Buffalo's definitely turned it around the last couple weeks, but I mean. The Dolphins truly do kind of look like the best team in football right now. So the fact that they're being, uh, the fact that they're getting three points, I'm going to take it. I think they'll, I had to pick right now. I I think the Dolphins win this game. I, like as long as two is healthy, I don't see how they slow down. McDaniel has their offense like working at a almost like improbable rate right now. And we just saw how it looks now that Devon A-Chain is like involved. Like, the fact that they were like, the fact that they waited a couple weeks and was like, "Oh yeah, here's this guy." By the way, yeah, like, <laughs> like they are so dangerous in every area. So give me them plus three. I'll do that first. Any thoughts on that? Uh, not. I, I like this philosophy, sure. Um, but a little unrelated, and I'm like really embarrassed. Mitchell, do you know what I did in Fantasy Stars? Did you drop a chain or something? No. Uh, Saturday night, I uh, had Devon A. Chain as a starting running back on my team. On my running oh. back, my running back squad was Eckler, who was out, and uh, Kamara still suspended. 
And I, I had A-Chain. I picked him up like in, after the waiver claim for like going into week three. And I was Saturday night and I was like, I think Tony Jones Jr. might have a better day than A-Chain tomorrow. So Saturday night I dropped A-Chain, picked up Tony Jones Jr. Wow. That's... That hurt something. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll share this before Shreff says his next pick, um, just yeah, to give him a little bit more time and also to make Jack feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, do, do you know my worst move in Dynasty ever? This will make you feel better. I know it. You dropped Eckler. Yeah, Shreff in twenty. I think it was the year before Melvin Gordon left. Mm-hmm. So I think it was probably twenty nineteen or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dropped Austin Eckler. And guess who I picked up in place of Austin Eckler? This is a name you're never going to guess. Kembrell Tompkins. Kembrell Tompkins, I mean, let's look at his stats real quick. Sure, I think Jeff's frozen. I think he is. I'll, oh, Ken, Kembrell Tompkins, let's see. He was on the Patriots? No, this wasn't the guy. He was 2015. Had him in someone else. It was uh he was on the Bears. Oh, this is gonna bug me. This is not good podcasting right now. We're trying to just find some random guy in the Bears in 2019. Uh, but anyway, in terms of Shreff's pick, I think that like he said, um, I think that's a good pick because, like you said, I mean, if the Dolphins lose that, don't cover that, so be it. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean, Jack? Yeah. Yeah, it's not really on him, I, I guess. Sheriff's having technical difficulties. His computer just restarted on him. Your device ran into a problem and needs to restart. Oh, boy. Um, did, he, did he text this pick in? Uh, I asked for it. Okay, right. he he he's locking in Colts minus one point five. Uh, I'm just I'll I'll just get ahead of it, and I don't have true um thoughts on this. Really, what is it? it they got they're hosting the Rams. Yes, they're having Richardson is likely back this week. He is back. I think they may have already reported it. Uh, I'll I'll get ahead of it though. That pick stinks. Whoa. Why? Because Shreff picked it. That's where I'm just getting ahead of it. I, I oh. said I don't have really any feeling toward either side, I don't think. Uh initial reaction, but that pick is gonna suck. I'm getting ahead of it. I, I don't have too strong feelings either way on this one as well. I, I do think I slightly lean the Rams in this one getting a point and a half just because I feel like I mean we we followed the zigzag theory a while back, probably about a year or two ago. You know, fading teams that, uh, or picking teams rather that didn't cover the previous week, playing teams that did, and this falls into that criteria. I don't, I haven't kept up with it over the past season and a half, so I don't really know how it's doing currently. But it feels like a good narrative, you know, how the Rams didn't look good on Monday night, but um, they looked pretty good in the first two weeks, and maybe the rebound. So we'll see on that one. Um, Jack, you're up with your second pick. My second pick will go to the total. And I'm taking the under in the 
Broncos Bears game. It Yikes. is it is forty six, which initial reaction to that like that that felt a little high to me, and did some quick math, and the uh, the total offenses between the two of these teams for three games, just their offensive points, so obviously not factoring defense. The total should be thirty eight point two. Now these defenses aren't good. Right now, but I, I think, think that's an under. I think that's an understatement. They might be the two worst in the league by a large margin. Yes, but I, I think the uh, they're all, both offenses aren't great either, and I think the line's a little inflated of recency bias of what we saw them both do last week, letting up seventy and letting up forty-one. Could have been more if the Chiefs had their starters in forever for the rest of the game. Um, so I think that's inflating the line a little bit, and just the like this is going to be an ugly game. I, I I don't see either team going to be clicking. Like it's just going to be either team clicking offensively. I think la- last week is I don't have faith in either teams, either of these teams for the record by any means. But it's a little bit of the wake up of a wake up call of the defense. I feel like they'll play a little better defensively, and it's just, I, I could just see it being a really ugly game and the offense is not really getting going, and it'll be like a. 19 to 13. That's really low. It could be even like a 24 to 21. Yeah. I don't see so, these teams scoring 24 or 21. Right. So I think uh, I think this is the week you turn around with the total. I think that's a good one. And it's it's per the offenses, they average 32.66. And I ran the numbers first with if you exclude that like Broncos Hail Mary, it's like 36.7. So like Oh my gosh. So that helps. By the so way, I don't know. You mentioned when we were talking about the uh, the Dolphins-Broncos game, you weren't sure if the... Actually, I think you were maybe... I'm getting confused. I think you talked about Undone and Drew, but you weren't sure if the Broncos kept their starters in yes. on defense. Uh, I, I don't know about the whole entire starters, but I know Patrick Sertain was in on that touchdown to Robbie Chosen. Okay. Yeah, he, he was. He was chasing right. him down, so at least he was in there. Which I feel like if he was in there, that everyone else should be in there, which is a sad sign. Yeah, I mean, he, I know he played Russ to the end, and man, that's that's a tough look. It is. All right, so my yeah. next two picks here. I'm gonna be honest; there weren't too many spreads that I was in love with this week. The, me, the yeah, Ravens, me either. The Ravens was the only one that stood out to me right off of the jump. But I'm going to go with a, a fun one here. You know, it's football. They're all fun. <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals plus 14. That's a fun one. Yeah, I just think, um, look, Arizona's 3-0 and against the spread this year. They're one of three teams that are 3-0 and against the spread. Uh, 14 points is a lot, especially for a team that hasn't looked that bad over the first three weeks of the season. And it's a divisional game. Those tend to be a little bit closer. Shanahan is also five and seven against the Cardinals straight up in his head coaching tenure, which I know Arizona looked a lot different over the past four or five, however many seasons he's been the head coach, but still, I think that proves the, I know not, not that I'm saying the Cardinals are going to win the game by any means, but they did just beat the Cowboys 
who were, you know, they were 12 and a half point underdogs to them. So I, I do think they can cover 14. And that's what I'm going with there. I just think that's a lot of points and then that'll be fun to root for. Now for my total, I have two. I always do this. I always come down to two totals and I can't decide which one to pick, but I think I'm going to go with the uh, Seattle Giants under 46 and a half. Okay. I, I, yeah. 47 and a half. Oh, it went up. Nice. Are you on DraftKings or FanDuel? FanDuel. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I'm going with under 47 and a half in that game. I look at obviously even more that it's a point higher. Primetime unders this year. You know what they are? Uh, 11 games have been in prime time so far. Like eight and three? Nine and two to the under. Wow. Also, the Giants games since 2019, which is the pretty much the tenure in, in terms of Daniel Jones being the starter, uh, they go under 60.3% of the time, which is first in the league in that span. Mm. Daniel Jones is also 1-11 in prime time straight up. So I just expect him to not play well in the Giants offense as a whole. So I just think 47 and a half is way too high. I expect this be, I, I would have thought this would be in like the low forties personally. So yeah, I'm liking that one. I was also really tempted to hop back on the meat train and go with the, <laughs> the Seattle plus one and a half. Cause isn't that weird? Like why is Seattle underdogs in that game? That you guys hear um, me? Yeah, we hear you. I almost, I, I, I almost took the meat train again. I was so close oh to doing gosh. it. Gosh, <laughs> you have a, you're sick. You have a problem. I, no, I, hey, I stopped you got myself. A meat this problem. Time. I stopped myself this time. But, 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 look, but <laughs> <laughs> we already did that joke. We can't do that again. It's still, uh, it still hits though. It still hits. It, it uh, very much still hits. Um, meat but, hits. But, like, yeah. why are the Seahawks underdogs in that game? I don't know. I, I liked it too much to where the point I'm like, why do I like yeah. this too much? I'm going to no, avoid exactly, it. That's exactly what I did. That's the same thought process I went through. Like that just seems really wild. I was, I, I'm probably still going to bet it, but it just like, it seems weird to me. Like why there's nothing pointing to the giants winning that game. So it's bizarre. just that they're home. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But it's still, I don't know. Seahawks are, look so much better. Giants the are Giant, home, and they had a really long week to prepare. Thursday night to Monday night. Oh, who cares? Fable. I don't care. They should be 0-3 right now. Anyway, Shref, I don't know if you what you caught and what you what, what you didn't, but uh, to recap, you picked the Colts minus 1.5. Jack picked the oh. Broncos-Bears under 46, and oh. I picked Arizona plus 14.5, and, and then the Seahawks-Giants under 47.5. So we're up to Jack again now. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm settling on, and I I should have taken this total. I really like this total. Can I take two totals? No. It's only a detriment to me. I'm bad at totals. Uh, but uh, I'm going to take Vikings minus four. I think they bounced back this week finally against a bad. I don't. I don't trust the Panthers. Bryce Young is not playing? I don't know. I think he practiced in a limited um, fashion. It's up in the air. I mean, he may play hobbled. Um, I think that, I mean, they, 
the Vikings got issues, but they played a good offense in the Chargers on Sunday. One of the best teams in the NFL in the Eagles the week prior. So I, I they got to be ba- they're bound to turn around at some point. I think they win. They win by they can win by four or a touchdown. So I do really like this over though. Can I switch? Is that what you wanted to potentially do? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know about that one. It seems a little fishy to me. I think I don't really think the line. The line. I think the Vikings will win, but right. I think it'll be a field goal. I just it feels like that'll happen. Feels like a weird one. It does feel like a weird one. It's fair. Hey, Andy Dalton. I know a lot of it was from behind, so we had to throw, but he had really good numbers last week. Yeah, probably have good numbers this week. Shreff, what is your total? Over 41.5 Steelers Texans. Nice. Um, Matt Canada special. Matt Canada special. Uh, Steelers defense is good, but um, we have seen, at least, especially from this Raiders game, that if you have. Uh, somewhat of a passing offense that can kind of work the ball to your guys that you there are ways to score on this team the Texans have uh, I don't know if I want to say have been like the shock of the NFL because they are still what one and two so far um, but CJ Strouds look great Tank Dell seems like he's like an immediate guy for CJ Stroud to have Nico Collins has been good their offense is humming um, on the flip side the reason they've been losing this games has been way more because of their defense than their offense I would say um Steelers, we it, it feels like we've kind of seen a bit of like a gradual progression with this offense so far this season. Um, I have reason to believe that that will continue against this Texans defense that it seems like is maybe still trying to find its identity with D'Amico there. Um, still not a lot of talent back there. So um, it's not that I think this will be like a crazy high-scoring game, but 41.5 feels pretty low to me for at least this Texans offense that's been putting up points and... Steelers offense that seems to be getting better every week. So 41 and a half can be the over the low number. All right. Very nice to recap. I have the Ravens plus two and a half, the Cardinals plus 14 and the Seahawks giants under 47 and a half. Jack has the chiefs minus nine and a half, the Vikings minus four and the Broncos bears under 46. Shreff has the dolphins plus three. The Colts minus one and a half and the Steelers Texans over 41 and a half. Any honorable mentions before we sign off? Only that over that I like. Um, I almost took the under in the uh, Chargers Raiders game. No, no stats to back it up, but it was 48 and a half. That's just a vibes low scoring game to me. I don't know why I think that just feel that way. My other total that I kind of liked was, uh, the Chiefs and Jets under 42 and a half. I know it seems kind of low for a Patrick Mahomes game, but it goes back to that system that's been very profitable over the past decade of a spread of nine and a half or higher. The under hits at 59%. Primetime unders are nine and two this year, and the Jets' offense is very bad, as we mentioned. All right, folks, that's our show today. Thank you for listening. Um, Be sure to share the show with anyone you feel would like it. And go football. Go football.